0: Um, kind of fired up on the things we were doing on the King James Bible, kind of, you know, wanting to stay in it. We're not in it. I'm I'm skipping it, and I'm not skipping it to not do it. Uh, I'm skipping it. We're going to be doing it on Sunday nights for a little while. Although I got one more Joseph I think I got to throw at you. So we'll, we'll button that up, and then we'll be um, we'll be going on those things that we kind of gave an introduction of uh, in Sunday school, uh, Lord willing. So uh, there's there's some degree of a plan right now, which helps me. Yeah. Maybe it helps you. I don't know. You know, maybe maybe it, you know. But it helps me to to know a few things ahead a little bit. That usually isn't the case for. Me, usually I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> I'm wringing my hands all week and, and begging God to show me what it is and having a hard time seeing it the whole way. But nevertheless, we've got some course ways. We'll finish up Joseph. We'll go on the King James Bible. We'll continue through Acts, uh, growth of the church. And um, and then, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Once we've done that through Acts, I don't know that I'll double back, you know, and, and teach it verse by verse. I probably won't do that. I'll probably go on to something else. So. I think that'll be, that'll, that'll uh, have to suffice for, for that, probably. All right, Proverbs chapter 30. And um, we covered verses 7, 8, and 9 last time. We had, we had skipped over 5 and 6 all, uh, already, and we got on two things have I required of thee in verse 7 deny me them not before I die, remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches, feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee and say who is the Lord, lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. You know, um, it, just kind of looking at my notes and thinking about those verses and thinking about how many different times I've come to them and how, how much is there, uh, there was part of me that wanted to just keep going on that because there's more thoughts there and it's 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 just very profound. That's very, those are very needful, needful sentiments on your part as a Christian. To recognize that, that that's a very good thing for you. To recognize your own personal vanity. Every man walketh in a vain show. So God, remove that from me. Remove, remove lying and vanity out of my heart and my mind, Lord. Uh, and that's not a one-time prayer. If anybody has tried to ever pray it. It's, it's just there with you until you see the Lord, and He fixes everything up, and you get rid of this sinful flesh. Now, uh, the next thing: give me neither poverty nor riches. Was that where you're at? Is that where your heart's at? Uh, a lot of American a lot of Americans, and that's not where their hearts at. I got my heart fixed on wealth and how to get there, and you waste your whole life doing that. Uh, feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full, and die; thee, say who is the Lord, or lest I be poor and steal, and take the name of my God in vain. Verse 10, accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse thee, and thou be found guilty. There is a generation that curseth their father, and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes, and is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. The horse leech hath two daughters crying, give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Yea, four things say not it is enough. The grave and the barren womb, the earth that is not filled with water and the fire that saith not it is enough. Uh, We won't won't get that far, but we'll have read that far anyway. So, Father, uh, just bless this time now. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the truth of it. Thank you for uh, doctrine, instruction in righteousness. Thank you for correction. Thank you for uh, help. Thank you for exhortations. I don't know what we need. I'm not certain uh, even what I need, let alone what what these need here. And so trust you for that. Pray that you would guide us and ask that you would just be the, the teacher of those things, uh, of these things here tonight, that you'd be honored and glorified and pleased with everything that's said and done. Lord, might our hearts and our spirits be knit, be knit together in, as one. And uh, Lord, give grace and help to the speaker and grace and help to the hearers. And we ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right. Um, verse 10 there. accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse thee and thou be found guilty. Now, I take this a long ways, but I'm going to show you something. It's very interesting uh, to me, to a degree, and I'm not even going to unpack it too far, but I want you to see Deuteronomy 23. Deuteronomy 23, Lord's instructing Israel. He's talking to them about servants. And um, I'm going to kind of breach a subject with probably without probably going... You know far as far maybe as you would like me to touch it or or you you know might pique your interest and then i'm going to move off of it, and you might be like well, well, what, well what of it you know um but this this matter of of servants and masters um that's this isn't a this isn't an employer employee relationship that we 're talking about here it is that that's not what it is um a lot of times, people make apologies for the Bible. You don't need, you don't ever need to apologize for the Bible. The Bible says what it means; it means what it says, and you can try to fit, you know, make the Bible fit into your perception of right, wrong, or the society, or whatever. A lot of times, the Lord comments on what, things that go on in society, just like a, just like a, like a run, like a commentary, like just there it is. In, in, all, in all of its brutality, in all of its ugliness, in all of its injustices, just there is man. Here he is. Behold him. Right. Yeah. And sometimes we want it to say things that it doesn't say. And if you're not careful, you'll try to make it say things that it doesn't say. Yeah, right. Amen. Um. I didn't look up the statistics or anything like that. I didn't bother to do it, but slavery is still going on all over this planet. That's still a practice that's, that's, that's practiced all over this planet. You say, well, what's the, what does the Bible say about it? It says a lot about it, but it maybe doesn't say what you want it to say about it, or, or what I want it to say about it, or what anybody might want it to say about it. It just will speak about it one of the very interesting things that, that show to me anyways, and you, maybe this isn't all that interesting to you, but it's just two verses, and the Lord's uh, instructing the children of Israel, and He's given them all kinds of rules and regulations. We would call this the law, although, you know, that encompasses a lot, right? The law is more than Ten Commandments, right? It's much more than Ten Commandments. And so this would be part of what we would consider, or what we might call the law, and... Um, Oh, <laughs> you want to talk about the Lord just, just showing you people and showing you humanity and showing it in all of its, we'll say, plainness. Uh, you've got verses 12, 13, 14, all speaking very plainly about something that we all deal with every day and we don't deal with uh, the way they used to deal with it. And the Lord's talking about, uh, I'm going through the camp here and, uh, and uh, you know, I've got, <laughs> clean it up. Can I leave it at that? You can just read those verses and just kind of just meditate on those a little bit. Hello? He's just talking about plain stuff. Then he says this in verse 15. Thou shalt not deliver unto his master the servant which is escaped from his master unto thee. The verse we're speaking about says, accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse thee and thou be found guilty. Hello? That is, I'm going to say don't be a tattletale, but it's it's much, it's much more than that, of course. You know, it's, it's taking a servant, bringing him to his master. It, it doesn't even necessarily match the verse I'm talking about. But I'm just pointing out something that's interesting and bringing him to him and saying... Your servant did this, that, or the other thing. Doesn't even say whether he did it or whether he is guilty or whether he's not guilty. It just says, don't do that. Accuse not a servant to his master, lest thou be found guilty. Implying you are guilty (laughs) of something. (laughs) Anything. I don't know what, but something. Now, ultimately, we've got to be talking about bringing a sinner before the Lord. Oh, yeah, ultimately. Right. right. But there's a lot of maybe practical life applications that can be made here, but he says in verse 15, Thou shalt not deliver unto his master the servant which is escaped from his master unto thee. Even if maybe you're a master and you have servants. Which they did do. Which they did do. They they, they, they That... They had that. Abram, Abraham, Abraham had servants. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you just read all. They had servants, but and I know we're far down the down the line from from them. I understand that, but but he's speaking to people that may have themselves had servants, right? And he says, "You get run across the, a servant that escaped from it. Don't don't deliver him back. Don't return him. Don't take him back. Okay." He shall dwell with thee, even among you, in that place which he shall choose, in one of thy gates, where it liketh him best, and thou shalt not oppress him. Very interesting. Very interesting commentary. Very. Hello? All right. With that thought in mind, let's go a little ways. Let's go hmm, 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 hmm. I think go to Romans 14 first. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Uh, like I said, I, I looked at it a little bit, and I thought, I thought about some things, and I thought, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to salt it a little bit, and then I'll just leave off with it, and you can do what you want with it. Accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse thee, and thou be found guilty. There's a principle that shows up that, that, that is instructing you to walk very humbly and to consider yourself all the time as a servant. Now, I know Jesus Christ said, you know, you're not servants anymore. I made you friends. Okay, fine. Wonderful. Aren't you supposed to have a servant's heart? Oh, yes. Don't ever lose sight of that. Don't ever, lose, don't ever lose touch with the fact that you're to be a servant and you're to have a servant's heart. And that you're not a perfect servant. Yeah, that's right. yeah you're not, you don't always do what your master says. If the Lord should mark iniquities, what? Who shall stand? Who shall stand? So so I'm to be very careful as I go through this life, pointing at other servants, in my heart, in my mind, literally, you know what I mean? Um, I'm going to try to touch this carefully here. It's always tough to know when is when it's right, uh, when it's a good time to to accuse a servant to a master. Okay, that is if you if, if it, let's let's bring it to a, a relation a, a context that we can grab onto a little bit. Okay, you're at work, you both work for the same boss. Okay, and you find out somebody's stealing from the company. No question, just ab just certainly they are stealing from the company. Okay. In that case, you very definitely bring that to the company owner. That's breaking the law. That that just you you it's, it's not even an accusation necessarily. Now understand, understand you're kind of walking into a little bit of a bear trap there, depending on the situation. And you and you, and, and I know I kind of made that like you know pretty dogmatic on you, you definitely bring that before them, but so so we're we're more talking about uh, something that's maybe a little bit challenging or maybe a little bit gray or maybe you're kind of trying to pull position yourself and kind of lift yourself up and put this guy down by a, you better you better watch that stuff in your heart you better check that stuff you you because the lord will sink your ship <laughs> amen Fly low, brethren. Fly low. Uh, stay low, and, and just and just be very careful what kind of accusations you get throwing around. I'm going to say ever, but very particularly when you're not certain. You know, if you're not certain about a thing, you better just shut your mouth about it. Amen. Go and go and go and kind of paint somebody in a light, and and you know, well, I'm not. You know, maybe you're not even telling saying, "Well, I'm not certain. Is, you know do you know what I heard about this, that, and you know trying to, trying to accuse somebody to again, their master? You better watch that stuff. It's in us, it's in all of us It's in all of us, you know, because there's, there's this subtle, devilish tendency to to put them down and lift me up. Yeah, that's in there. That's in there. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm in I'm, I'm a different brokerage, and I, I don't really talk to you too much about that because it's just what it is, what it is. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in to a degree, not like many of you are, but I'm in the workplace a little bit more than I have in a long time. And you begin to watch people and watch them operate and watch what they do. And they'll take a little bit of information from you and then go bring it to the to the boss and pr- try to lift themselves up and put you down. You you don't don't you don't do that. You don't be doing that. Now if it gets done to you, well we'll just buck up. We'll just take it on the chin, just take whatever, whatever it is, I mean, turn the other cheek to, as much as life in you. Live peaceably with all men. I didn't say be a doormat. Uh, I, you know what I mean? I'm not saying just just be abused. That's not what I'm, in, that's not what I'm inferring. But I'm saying there are times where, where God will test a Christian out and He'll send you a, a, a gashmoo. He'll send you, a, he'll send you a, 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 an accuser. Isn't the devil the accuser of the brethren? Yeah. Don't you know all the time He's going to your master and accusing you? All the time. That's why, that's why this thing is so devilish. Because it's the devil who's kind of the the head of this type of operation. He works well in this in this scene. And so don't you be used of the devil to get involved in this kind of stuff. You know, you say, well, I don't like them. Okay, fine. Don't don't use manipulation and and uh, politics. We would call we would call when we say politics, sometimes we don't even know what we're talking about. This would fall under the line of politics. You're politicking, you're, 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 you're uh, getting into you know <laughs> personal interactions with people and trying to find things that you can accuse others of and get that information to the people that it would lift you up higher. That's, that is absolute devilment. Yeah. So when we say, okay, accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse thee, and notice this, that, and thou be found guilty. So the, the thing that you wanted to happen to them gets turned around and happens to you. And we'll see that in a second in Daniel. And everybody, you know what I'm talking about there. But look at Romans chapter 14 and look at verse 4. Now, I went a little bit further on it than I wanted to, but I, maybe we needed to. I don't know. This is, isn't it amazing how the Bible just unfolds kind of things that are hidden in the heart of man? In just one little verse, you just read that thing and you go, "Well, what's in there? Well, Well, there's a lot in there. <laughs> There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a principle in there that's inside of me that I've got to fight. And the the scripture helps me to recognize it and then correct it and judge it in my own life. Say, yeah, I've done that. I've done that. I've, I've, got, I've got in my mind a, a way to accuse somebody, and I've tried to bring it before their proverbial master. I know I'm making a lot of allegories with it, but I don't think I'm stretching it too far. I don't think I'm stretching it too far. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm making, you know. Something where there's nothing. I think there's something there. Um, Proverbs, or Romans in chapter 14. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You, just, you better just read a verse or two, okay? Look at verse one. him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputa- disputations. I'm trying not to comment as I go through this. Just read it. all right? For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is what? Weak. He's weak, eateth herbs. Do what you want with that. <laughs> let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. Okay. And let not him which eateth judge him that eat, uh, eateth not. Excuse me. Judge him that eateth. For God hath received him. They've both been received. Have they not? They have completely different ideas. And if you've ever got into it, you know, or you've had a discussion with a vegetarian or a meat eater, you know, they'll... They have no problem, you know, kind of being pretty aggressive about, you know, their eating habits, you know, and their ideas of it. Go on their Facebook page and check it out. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, man, like, just eat your salad and shut up. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't hear about it. The Bible already told me you're weak, so I'm like, I don't (laughs) want (laughs) to. No, he said, the Lord says, uh, you know. I can't. I can't. I have to. You know, I don't know. I don't I mean, I know what he's talking about when he says weak, but there, but but then there's things that overthrow the thing. Randy Couture was one of the toughest men who ever walked the face of this planet. He'll knock your head right off. Vegetarian. What kind of weak are we talking about? I'm not certain. I don't know. But it, it doesn't just mean physically weak, because that guy wasn't. Go watch him fight. Go watch him. Go. The Randy Couture Tito Ortiz fight was one of the best fights I've ever been in the face of this planet. Can I get a witness? Thank you. Never seen that in the end. He's spanking him. You ever seen that one? Come on, man. Vegetarian. <laughs> he said he's weak. I don't know. Right after you, i out. Let me step out of your way, brother. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. Let not him that which, uh, eateth not judge him that eateth, for God res, uh, hath received him. Verse 4, who, 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 who art thou that judgest another man's servant? Who do you think you are? That isn't your servant, Right? I don't care what kind of context you want to put to that. Uh, Who art thou that judges another? We're talking about the Lord's servants here, yeah. absolutely for certain, without question. Who art thou that judges another man's servants? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Thank God, man. Yes. Thank God. Yeah. I've had to rest in that so many times. Just felt like you completely, utterly failed, or or you failed somebody, or you just didn't live up to the expectations, or you didn't. It didn't go the way you wanted it to, and. Uh, but but you, but you can look back on it and say, well, I, cu- I could I could do that. I could have done this better. I could have done that better. But I but I can honestly say, you know, I really did give it a, a real good shot. I don't know if I can flat footed say I gave it my best shot, but I gave it a really good shot. And thank God for another chance. But but uh, there it is, Lord, and I just let the chips fall where they may. And and I'm sorry I had to disappoint them along the way. But but I'm just but I'm just. All I ever got to do is give an answer to you, Lord. I don't have to answer to them. Yeah, right. You understand? That is, you can please some people some of the time, but you can't please all the people all the time. Yeah. Well, okay. Make sure your goal is to please the Lord. Yeah. So don't get, a, don't get in a thing, you know, don't be a man pleaser. But, but also don't go to the other side and be a purposeful man disappointer. <laughs> okay? That doesn't, that's not, there's, there's a ditch on both sides of the, of the road there, but he says to his own master, he standeth or falleth. That is, every one of us shall give an account at the judgment seat of Christ. And there's a certain element that doesn't really matter. I, it, I, I'm working my way through it. See, I'm over here on the, on the way far side where it's like I, I in my flesh, in my person, in my, in my pridefulness, I could care less what you think about me. That's just the way the Lord made me. It does, I, I go through life, and it, I don't, I don't think about you know what you're thinking about me. I don't care. Now, not everybody's wired that way. A lot of folks go through life, all they ever think about is what everybody else thinks about them. Now, I'm not saying one way is better than the other. They're, 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 they both, they both have very uh, grave uh, dangers that, that that accompany those positions. Okay, and so it's just recognizing kind of who you are, but, what the, but the place to land is to just worry about what he thinks about you. That's the place to land on. The place to always be trying to correct to is to go, well, don't be a jerk and act like, well, I don't care what you think about me, right? And, and walk in pride and walk in, you know, because the fact of the matter is we do need to be conscious and, and care what people think about us, to a degree, Right? Don't walk through life always, forever, torturing yourself with what did they think. Well, what did, well I said that. I wonder what they thought. Of, you know, I wonder how that uh, you know, hit. And you just wring your hands all your whole entire life about what everybody's thinking. You know? Chances are they're thinking about themselves. Yeah, that's right. Chances are they're thinking about themselves. Now, we think about one another, and we have opinions about one another. But chances are, most of the time, most of us are thinking about ourselves. We better get thinking about what he's thinking about. To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holding up. How about that? That's the master holding up the servant that the other guy says, knock him down. Put him down. Right? Knock him over. Knock him out. For God is able to make him stand. Well, what are we talking about? We're talking about Christians and God. <laughs> Servants of the Lord, of the Most High God, right? One man esteemeth one... And it goes on and on and on. It begins to talk about how to navigate situations with your brother, okay? So when we talk about accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse thee, and thou be found guilty, uh, there's, a, there's a few ways you can make application to it, and you need to watch things at work. Amen. You watch things at work. Watch your, watch your human interactions, but you better really watch your Christian interactions, your brothers and your sisters. Get into a place where you won't forgive somebody because of, of what they did. Aren't you accusing your, a servant to their master? Hadn't he forgiven you quite a bit? Yeah. He forgiven you of things that send you in a lake of fire for all eternity. I don't know what they did. Whatever they did isn't okay. I'm not saying it's okay. But for your own benefit, you'd do really well to get to the place where you just said, well, I should have been forgiven for more than I should ever have been forgiven of. Probably better just forgive them. We've talked about that a lot. Paul says you do it in the person of Christ. You, you, that's, that's, the, that's one of the practical applications of the cross in the Christian life. All right, back to Daniel. Back to Daniel, not back to Daniel, over to Daniel. I want you to see this one because it's just so fun. Daniel 6. (laughs) And um, this is a wild one, you know, it really is. And it's just, it's just good. Just good, just good, just a good Bible story. So these guys get a a thing set up to where um, they're going to accuse Daniel to his master, the king. And, um, oh, I didn't even look back here. You guys know the story, okay? Uh, they, they they get this decree going, and Daniel knows the writing is signed in verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened, and his chambers toward Jerusalem, and kneeled upon his knees three times a day, and prayed and gave thanks before God, as he did aforetime. You better get that down. He was already in the habit of this. So they're going to start changing laws and changing customs and putting it down on us and all this kind of stuff. Well, you better you better get some real good habits. Amen. So when it, because if it's if it's not a habit and then they outlaw it, you're not going to you're not going to do the thing. Right. Yeah. You know, no praying in public. Well, that was effectively what this it was to a degree in a sense. Can't pray to anybody else, can't can't, can't ask any uh, concessions of, 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 of anybody else but of Darius. Um Oh, yeah. Hmm, 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 hmm. Look, look, look at verse 11. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning his decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man shall ask a petition of any other god or man within 30 days? What a stinking thing. What a stupid thing. 30 days of only praying to, you know, right? But that's what they did. It's crazy. Um, save up, thee, O king. Uh, shall be cast into a den of lions. The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the means of Persians, which altereth not. Then answered and they and they said before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Look at this. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased. What? With himself. With himself. He, got, he got deceived. He got tricked. Now, look, i do not know you're going to unpack how, you know, like, What? How did you not see this one coming or whatever? But nevertheless, nevertheless, he gets thrown in the lion's den, right? Makes it through the night. King goes running down first thing in the morning. Daniel, O Daniel, right? Daniel, O Daniel. Look at verse 20. And when he came into the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake, said unto Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. Thanks a lot for making that law. <laughs> you got to be careful with that. Uh, things will happen in life. God will, will use people to do things that will deliver you into the den of lions, and if you're not careful, you'll get bitter. Right? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you have, at some point down in the den, like, or when you were getting led to get thrown in there, be like, how can anybody be this dumb, you know? Right? But it's, O king, live forever. I don't know if that would have been my response, but that was his. Um, My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lions' mouths, that they have not hurt me, for as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den, so Daniel was taken up out of the den. And no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. Wonderful. Verse 24. Because it's, it's, it gets so much better. And the king commanded and they brought those men which had accused Daniel. And they cast them into the den of lions. Them, their children, and their wives. And the lions had mastery of them. And break all their bones in pieces or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Wow. Wow. You say, what's the lesson there? Well, if you get messing around with lions, and if I know anything about the devil, and I know a thing or two about him, I'm not completely ignorant of all his devices, he walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You get thinking that it's time for somebody else to get thrown in the pit because of what they've done. You just might wind up in one yourself. The Lord talks about it all the time, laying traps for people, and then you get in that trap yourself. These guys didn't even hit the bottom of the pit yeah. with their children. Said, so, well, "Well, I don't know what you know. I mean, what, what, who, what, who who could get hurt by what I'm doing? Your kids might. Yes, sure. Your wife might. Yeah. This is such a serious thing. This Christian life we're living. It's just, just everything is at stake all the time. Do you understand?" Recognize it, man. Recognize when you get up in the morning, everything's at stake all the time. The devil's got his eye on your family and your life and your testimony all the time. He's just circling, looking for a way in. It ought to sober us up. It ought to just kind of go. It ought to get a little bit of a shiver just kind of up your spine where you go. Whoa. All right. Yeah, he wants your kids. You betcha. You bet he does. Um, back to Proverbs. Well, okay. All right. <laughs> Verse ten was a doozy. Accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse thee, and thou be found a liar, or thou be found guilty. <laughs> there is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes, yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords, and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth, and the needy from among men. Every generation that ever read this verse thought they were living in that generation. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Every I, 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 I dare say there's hardly probably a generation that read that verse and thought, man, I don't I don't see anything like that going on around me, you know, like just this place is wonderful. No, you know, we tend to think we are at the 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 depths of where humanity's ever been to. We're not there. Uh I won't tell you where I got listening to some of this because it just might not annoy you or what I don't I don't I don't. Again, I don't care what you think about me. <laughs> uh but as a guy talking about um how how all this transgender stuff going on and, and how it's spreading everywhere, and it's absolutely, it's absolutely spreading on social media. 100%. It, it's without question, your kids are being uh, exposed to it, and our society is spreading this stuff on social media. Okay? It doesn't grow, these kind of things don't grow by 8,000% like they are right now in this country. By accident. Uh, it's, it's by design. It's on purpose. So you need to be very mindful of what you're exposing your children to. Hello. Yeah. But that's all free. This guy was just talking about how this is not the first time that, that this has hit planet Earth. This guy, not even a Christian, just a historian talking about how every society, every major society that's ever reached any kind of heights at all, have all gone straight into homosexuality into transgenderism and cross-dressing type stuff, into everything that's going on, we're just, it's just happening again. So what do you think about that? Well, I think the Bible already told you that. You, you, you can pick that up in a, in a Bible, right? When he says, as it was in the days of Lot, go read about the days of Lot. We've talked about the days of Lot. You're familiar with the days of Lot. It's terrible, you know? Um if the Lord showed you that image, like like really showed it to you, you it would be more shocking than anything you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. yeah. And so, this generation, we can apply it to ourselves, we can apply it to the, 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 the younger generation below us if we want to. Uh, my heart breaks for them. I think about uh, you know, some of the challenges and some of the things I you know, had to navigate through. And, and you can think about your own you know, uh, upbringing and some of the things you might have had to navigate through. But what these kids are having to navigate through and what they're having to wade through here uh, in, in this day and age in which we're in is absolutely putrefying. And, it, and it's so deceptive. And... Um, the devil brings them to a place of despair and then gives them a false sense of hope and a false answer and a false identity. And they pursue this false identity to their own destruction and to their own demise. And there's no, there's no soulless, there's no peace, there's no answer there. Now, just run a, just, just, let's just start running some Bible verses. Look at, uh, look at verse 17 of the chapter. The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother the ravens of the valley shall pick it out and the young eagles shall eat it. Wow. I can show you where that's literally going to happen over there in the book of Revelation and then the valley of Megadu and it's talked about in a few different places in the scriptures where, where, he, where he says come and dine. Who's he speaking to? Fowls of the air. What are they going to do? Peck people's eyes out and everything else? But, but he says specifically, the eye that mocketh, that is his Father. And despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick that thing out. Uh, look at Leviticus in chapter twenty. This isn't. I mean, uh, you know, if, if we're, it's negative tonight, I, I guess it just is negative tonight. It's heavy, and uh, I'm sorry. And some other night it'll be uplifting, but not tonight. Uh, it, it just isn't. So it's, it's just real. Facing the negative things in the Bible, though, will give you, a real positive, uh, give you some real positive uh, results in your life, though. If you just get honest with them and, and just face them and take them head on, you can do a lot to fix your home and your own heart and your own life. Amen. Amen, amen. And then, and then when, it, when all of it's just shot to pieces and, and you just can't find anything good about it, at least you got the blessed hope. Amen. And I don't say that lightly. You know, I don't say like at least you got the blessed hope, but you have the blessed hope that, that one day you're getting out of this terrible, awful hellhole of an earth and he's going to take you to where he is with him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Um, Leviticus chapter 20 and look at verse 9. Because you're, you're watching a society unravel right before your eyes. That's what you're watching. For every one that curseth his father or his mother shall surely be put to what? Yes. Okay. Look. <laughs> I'm not advocating for that. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's not going to happen. That's not our society. But that, that was theirs. Who gave that instruction? God, God said they want to curse their mother or their father, put them to death. That's the death penalty. Kill them. Kill them. I'll show you why in just a second. Um, shall surely be put to death. He hath cursed his father uh, or his mother. His blood shall be upon him. It's his own fault. He gets what he gets. He dies. Wow, Wow, OK Deuteronomy 22 <laughs> Now I'm going to get in to try to define you know what it, what it's, what's cursing a father or cursing a mother you, know, and, and try to define what that looks like. Um, And I don't you know, I don't I don't know. I don't know that I've given enough thought, but I'm pretty sure I'd be guilty of it. I'd have been guilty of it. Like I've I've done that in, in growing up when I was rebelling and, and, and running from the Lord. But I said some real foolish things. Now maybe you didn't, and good good on you. I hope every one of you honor your father and your mother the way you, you're supposed to, all the way on through. I didn't. So what should have happened? According to this, I should have died. You can start implementing this, and I'll put. I'll guarantee you this: you'll get some real good-behaving kids. Yeah. This wouldn't have to go on on a regular basis. It wouldn't it wouldn't happen at regular intervals. You understand? It yeah. it bring, <laughs> it'd bring a, a, a snarky, you know, back-talking, uh, you know, generation. Right to a screaming minimum in a hurry. Amen. Wouldn't be killing kids every other week, young men or what? Young, you wouldn't be. You wouldn't be doing it. Ooh. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter twenty-two. Look at verse eighteen. Deuteronomy twenty-two, eighteen. Uh... Is this the one I was about, about? Let me just make sure. Cause I feel like I feel like I got this one. Mm. What is it? Probably. Yeah, thank you. Yep, good job. Thank you. Um twenty one eighteen. I haven't done that one in a while, but I did it. There you go. Thanks. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that, when they have chastened him, will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of the city, unto the gate of his place, and they shall say unto the elders of the city, this our son is stubborn and rebellious, and he will not obey our voice, he is a glutton and a drunkard, so he's grown up a little bit. Uh, and the men of the city, of his city, shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put away evil from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Now, one of the things I want to point out, I'm kind of talking to you ladies a little bit, and I know we're done. We're done. It's real hard to do. It's uh, proper discipline is extremely difficult it's so difficult to be consistent. It's so challenging to, to not get misaligned with what proper biblical love and discipline is. It's extremely challenging. You're not going to get it right all the time. As a matter of fact, (laughs) go forward on your knees there praying and begging God to help you. Okay. Um, I greatly appreciate the advice that, that, and I don't care what you think about them, but Jordan Peterson just puts it well to me. Don't let your kids do anything that would make you not like them. I love that. You say, how do I know when when to discipline them? When they're doing something that's making you not like them, in that very moment, that's when to discipline them. Now, the punishment needs to fit the crime, right? Uh, You know... I'll just try to give you basic examples. You know, when the two-year-old is, is unrolling all of the, the tissue, you know, that's, that's not the time to just absolutely devastate them. You understand? The, the punishment fits the crime, and so we're, 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 we're instructing there. But as they get older, it just gets more and more difficult. And I, and I don't know, you know, it doesn't really speak to what, what what went on parenting in the, in behind you know in the rearview mirror here with these guys I, I don't know what happened you can do it just to the best of your ability and to the, and, and, and and you know put pour your heart and soul into it and you're not guaranteed that they're going to turn out train up a child in the way that he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it that's a principle not a promise i've said that many times you, you'll get very jaded if you make that a promise. It isn't a promise. It's a principle. Principles, people can go against God's principles and break them. But they don't overthrow the principle. It's still a principle. But if you hung on to it as a promise, well, then you may, you, get, you can get, you get bitter if you're not careful. But what I want, what I want to point out there, and you, you have a mother and a father, who of one way or another laid their hands on their son, they know what's going to happen. Do you understand? They know what's going to happen when they bring him... you, You say, well, how many mothers would do that? Well, how many mothers would do that in a generation like this? So whose fault is it? What's going on? How many mothers would judge it and say, you know what? There's nothing we can do with this boy. We got to take them before the elders of the city. Now, more often than not, it's daddy saying it. You understand? I'm not a mother, but I, but I, I'm married to one. <laughs> on, on to some degree, I'm talking to fathers because the 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 onus and the heaviness and the weight of this thing needs to fall on you. You need to carry the lion's share of it. So, what are we talking about? Discipline. Discipline. So, I'll let her handle it. You're out of your mind. You no, know, when the kids are at home during the day that the discipline needs to go on. But, but when. Don't wink at things. Don't turn a blind eye to things. Don't let things go on and on and on and on and on. Discipline them, make the fun- punishment fit the crime. I don't know how to help you more, much more than that other than, you know, without getting really plain and kind of having a, a sermon that I'd have to take off the internet. <laughs> if you've got questions, I, 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 ask. I'm not raising perfect kids. I'm messing up all the time. And I'm trying to be transparent with you and communicate things that are very difficult. Yeah. Disciplining is very difficult. And there's a tendency to get lazy and let things go on. <laughs> Don't let things go on. Punish the crime. If the crime's committed again, punish it again, more. With a little more. Right? You don't want to get to the place where you got one where, where I know. Look, we don't have this. Isn't a thing. But when you got one, that's like, just come on. There's nothing we can do. If you don't discipline them, the world will in hellish ways, in horrible ways that will make you beg for mercy upon them in all kinds of, in all kinds of aspects. It's much better if you do it. Much more merciful much more in alignment with God's instruction that, that he, where He tells you, "This is this is what love looks like. This is what love looks like. If you love them, then this." And you, you, all right, all right, goodness, I, we, we're out of time, so I don't have time to go on anything else. Uh, I love you. Jesus loves you. <laughs> Anything hard to get a, a It's it's that it's okay, all right, it's that heavy. Okay, I get it, I understand. Father, please, would you help us? And um, <laughs> these are heavy things, Lord, these are heavy things. Heavy, thank you for our children. Um, oh, there's part of me, Lord, I, there's, I'm, I'm terrified of this generation, I'm terrified for it, my heart breaks for it. I think about my children having to grow up in it. I think about myself having to be around it. And and Lord, uh, I mean, with with all sincerity, we ask You to come rescue us out of here. We understand and help us to remember it that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation. And people are getting saved out of this untoward generation, this wicked generation, every single day, all, all over this world. And as long as you see fit to tarry, Give us grace. Help us to, tarry, help us to, to stick by the stuff and, until you come and help us raise these kids up, right? Lord, God, please help us. Please, God, help us. Love you. Thank you. Pray all these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right. Sorry.